When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S, dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast, brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brig, and I, as always, I am joined by Blackjack Brad. <laughs> I am here. I'm playing hurt today, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to ride the bench, but we just said, no, 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 not this time. Blackjack well, Brad. the thing is, <laughs> with as sick as I am, if it was any other week, honestly, I would have just taken the week off. But since it was the week the World Series ended, I was like, no, no, I'm going to play through it. I'm going to play through it. Good for you, Brad. And we're all so happy. We can't wait to see who you're going to offend today. It's going to be great. <laughs> so- <laughs> it's probably going to happen. I'm I'm on heavy cough medication, so it'll probably happen. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, today, baseball family, we have got a lot to cover. We are going to do some current events because guess what? It's hot stove season, and we are all in on these moves and these trades and all this crazy stuff that's going on. Everybody's getting hired. Everybody's already been fired. We got a lot going on there. And then we've got to talk about the World Series. We've got to talk about that funky interference call. Mm-hmm. Um we've got a lot we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about where Garrett Cole is going to end up and then at the end of this episode we're going to tell you who won our bracket challenge and we're going to announce the prizes just as a reminder. So, buckle up and be ready. Let's get started with Carlos Beltran. He's going to the Mets. Brad. Brad, did you were you as shocked by this as I was? I was actually. I was super shocked by this. I couldn't believe it happened. I was out of everybody who I whose name I heard, honestly, his was not one of them that I heard. And I no. could not have been more surprised by anything anybody. And to be completely honest with you, I heard Jessica Mendoza's name tossed out there because yeah, me too. she works in the front office yep that was kind of the one i was pulling for see i was gonna say the same thing i want to see i want to see how she does like i don't love her on sunday night baseball however she is very smart and i could see her doing well as a manager yep and that's something that she I'd knows be, i'd be really curious to see how that plays out so me too yeah why not so i have split issues with this right because uh, with, sorry, not about Beltran. He deserves the job. He's going to be great. Whatever. Good for him. And that's as far as my news affiliation goes. But <laughs> this <laughs> make, this makes me want to continue talking about Jessica Mendoza. I need somebody to pick her up. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. Because because just like you, i got to see what's going to happen. And, and I think this is what our world needs right now. So I'm a father of a little girl, and I want to know. I want to know. What does Major League Baseball have available for my baby girl when she gets to be older if she loves baseball? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And I, th- I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the the land, the current landscape. Um, there's no better time than now, right? No, totally. That, I mean, she's not obviously not gonna have a worse season than the Mets had this year. Couldn't possibly. And yeah, there's only one way to go, and that's up. So I, I think she well, you could stay job. down. That's true. That's true. You can stay down. As a Mariners fan, I can attest to that. You can definitely stay down. And I don't think the yep. Mets lost a hundred games, so they still they can go down. That's true. True, but I'm just saying, 
there's a lot to be said about female umpires and female managers. And, you know, I'm just, it just got me excited. I want to see it happen. I don't care where, I don't really even care who really. Uh, but I think that Jessica Mendoza would be excellent. I really do. I don't think she'd win for the first two or three years though. And that's okay. Cause nobody does, but I want to see what happens. I want to see her mature and evolve. And it brings into question a lot of things about the way baseball has always been, the way it might be in the future. And those are questions I want to see answered. That's yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. Um, but back to Beltran, I was actually surprised. Part of the reason I was surprised about this hire was because I, the details are a little bit fuzzy. I had to look it up. But I do remember things between him and the Mets ending poorly um, some time ago. Right. And when we, we looked it up, we were talking about it, and it had to do with um, an unauthorized authorized knee surgery, Yeah, yeah. I guess. He was voluntold. So, yeah, volunteer. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, I think from what it sounds like, he actually volunteered after not being told. So. Sure, right. Okay, so, so two I, sides of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so his his uh, agent Scott Boris, of all people, oh. told the Mets that they had oh the, the surgery was approved, and the Mets said no, it wasn't. And so there was this whole big mess, and he ended up waiving his no trade clause, got traded to the Giants. Um, but it was, it was this big thing, and now the Mets are bringing him in as the manager. Um, huh. I wonder if they hired him because they feel like there's, he's somebody who they could fire without there being any backlash. <laughs> or if they maybe truly mended that fence <laughs> and said, this is just a guy who wants to manage. Let's let him come on in. and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds because – there's a history there and it's not good. And I don't know right. if everything's been swept under the rug or truly cleaned up. So, okay. So we're talking about a uh, surgery that was maybe authorized, maybe not. I don't know. In what? 2010. Yeah. Okay. But Brody Van Wagnon came in as the GM in 2018. Uh-huh. So like October, 2018. So, you know, maybe the culture has changed. Maybe the relationship with Beltran is totally different. So, the base, the the president of of baseball, the pre, the president of the Mets, base, president of the, the president baseball in, of in the baseball, is huge. <laughs> okay, sorry. The president, <laughs> the president of the Mets is the same guy, right? And yeah. that I feel like has a lot to do with culture. Um, the president and the owner have a lot to do with with culture and, and front office relationships. Yeah, totally. like there's the GM, but also like those are the guys who actually do make all the decisions and i think we've seen that especially with the mets uh, pretty oh, hands sure. on up there so yeah. I, there there could still be that kind of relationship and like i said it, it may have been mended it may have just been swept under the rug i don't know yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes it'll be interesting we will see yeah it'll be fun no matter what speaking of fun do you like that transition that was good <laughs> very good transition thank you speaking of fun um Joe Girardi is already making moves, man, in Philadelphia. Yeah. He has hired Brian Price to be his pitching coach, and he pulled him from a managerial role in Cincinnati to do so. He did, yeah. Um, is it just me, or is moving from management to from a full-fledged major league manager to being a pitching coach super interesting? It's definitely a step down, but for some guys, that's the way it is. Like, Price may be a better pitching coach than he is a manager, and he may be realizing sure. that, that he's yeah. not cut out to be a manager. Um, just like you hear all the time in football. Yeah, he's he's a coordinator, but he's not a head coach. You know, it yeah. could be the same thing with Price. He's a pitching coach, but he's not a, he's not a manager. So Totally. You know, maybe that's a realization that he's had, and he likes Girardi, likes the fit. Um, maybe they know something we don't know about a pitcher they're going to potentially pick up in free agency. Um, yeah. Last yeah, exactly. year, the owner said they were planning on being irresponsible with the way they spend money in the off season. They were a little <laughs> bit. Maybe they're planning on doing that again this season with this off season with a couple of pitchers that are going to be on the market. Yeah, totally. And maybe they want. Well, yeah. Go ahead. So what? What I think is interesting is that you got a guy who has a a really decent, super great, I think, track record as a manager in Joe Girardi, yeah. who is also a catcher 
who knows how pitchers are taught, right? He's involved heavily in that process. Yeah. So it's really interesting for to see that his very first move was a pitching coach. Well, I mean, he, who better to understand the importance of pitching than a catcher? That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I love he, it. He knows, he knows his holes. He knows where he needs, needs to fill in. And, he, and I think he realized the quality of pitching coach he's getting with Price, too, and that's why he poached him. So. Yeah. The thing I love about Joe Girardi, and I think a lot of people are going to get to know about him, is that he is not a smoke and mirrors guy. You're just going to know what you're going to get with Joe. Right, he'll just come right out and tell you. He's like, "This is what we're gonna do. Try and stop us." Kind of a guy. Yeah. So, the fact that he's making moves like this this early, and he's building his core, and and it's and I'm sure he's building his culture with the right kind of people. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Just you watch. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and we saw this postseason just how important pitching is too. Oh, geez, no kidding. I mean, the, the two teams, the best starting staffs, were the ones that made it. So. Yep. I, I can Absolutely. see that being the new model. You'll get two, two ace ace starters out there, and and uh, see if you can come at them. So, yeah. Well, no, three would be better. Well, yeah, three is better. I mean, <laughs> ideal. If you can get five, clearly that's best, you know. Yeah, five five is awesome. <laughs> so, speaking of pitching, Larry Rothschild has been removed from the Yankees organization. He's no longer the pitching coach in New York. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought that was interesting. I mean, I also kind of understand it with the way the pitching went this season. Yeah. Um. But I mean, do you do you have an idea who's going to replace him? I have no idea. What was interesting to me though is that Joe Girardi didn't go after him. Well, maybe there's a reason he didn't go after him. Maybe he was watching Yankee games this year. Yeah. Well. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, now. <laughs> but you're right. You're absolutely right. So it's just interesting that he's been with the Yankees since 2011, which is a really long time. He's he's a fixture. Mm-hmm. But obviously pitching is a huge problem at the Yankees organization right now, and we got to fix it, right? Well, and here's the we, other thing. I say we again, but <laughs> they have to fix it. <laughs> here's the other thing, though. He's been with them since 2011. Had the Yankees yep. made the World Series in that time? They have not. And maybe they're feeling like there's a common denominator there. Well, and as we've seen, like you just said, pitching is where it's at. Yes. So, and he's got the talent. Does he, though? Well, but there's no reason the Yankees shouldn't have. uh, Like, so what I'm saying is with, with the Yankees talent, there's no, maybe he is the problem. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying there. I thought you were saying that he had the talent. I was like, does he though? Because oh. he's got a talented pitching staff, and he hasn't been able to do anything with it. And that's what you were saying, and that's what I've been right. getting. At. So yeah, we are on the same. Yeah, page. we're saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so, yeah. it's uh, it's crazy. So I'm looking at the numbers here. Um, the Yankees pitching staff has po- posted a 3.3 or 3.73 ERA in 2011 when he came in his first year. In 2015, they were up at a 4.05. Okay. Wow. And in 2019, we got a 431, 4.31 ERA in New York. So it's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's by degrees. Good. No. And, you know, there's no reason. You got Adam Ottavino out there. You got um, Zach Britton out there. You got Chapman, Araldus Chapman out there. Tanaka's out there. It's been a little shaky off and on. When he's on, though, nobody's better, and it's just crazy. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot going on with the Yankees pitching, though. We got to figure out. Yeah, definitely need to figure something out there. Um, well, and I mean, Tanaka had bone spurs removed. Um, yeah. Who else had? There was there. There was a bunch of guys who it was like the day after the Yankees got eliminated. It's like okay, everybody line up for surgery. Everybody. And, and it was not a short line either for the Yankees. No. And pitchers and position players alike. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody was everybody was having something cleaned up as, as yeah. soon as the season ended. So we'll get into what uh you know, we have a conversation coming up at the end of this episode about where some guys might go that includes the Yankees pitching staff actually. But, 
you know, we'll save that for a minute. Right now, let's take a break really quick, and then we will come back with uh, some World Series news. Yeah. The designated hitter. The infield fly. A ground rule double. The dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. All right, we're going to jump into the World Series. we got a lot going on here. And Brad thinks we should put our tinfoil hats on. Well... He suggested we needed to have put them on earlier, <laughs> and we're going to tell you why. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get mine and put it on right now. Okay. Oh, you are. Oh, Got good. it. Putting it on. All right. It's on. Do you want yours? I do. I would okay. love mine. There you go. Okay. Tinfoil Thank hats. You. That doesn't fit as well as it did last time. Well, you know, it's been need... in a bag. Yeah. Well, I'll make make a new one. <laughs> So this is this is actually something that I texted you about, Brig. Um, what was it after? Uh, oh, it was going into Game Five of the World Series, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. So Max Scherzer was scheduled to pitch that game. Everybody knows that, and everybody knows that he did not because he had, I'm gonna say it, quote unquote, <laughs> neck spasms. Okay, couldn't get himself dressed according to Joe Buck. Couldn't get himself dressed. Okay. I'm calling not true on this. Um, I'm calling not true. <laughs> because this, this is this is what I this is what I texted Brick. Okay. I said, "Hey, what do you think? Scherzer's a healthy scratch because they're saying we're not going to get to Garrett Cole twice in this series. Why waste Scherzer? We've got Strasburg going in game 6, so we can get game 6 in Houston. We can get Verlander in Houston. We've done it before. He's at that point 0-5 in the World Series, now 0-6. We can get him. He's gettable. We've got Strasburg. Let's take game six. And then we're going to go into game seven with Scherzer against Granke. Yep, you did say that. And that's what ended up happening. I am not... Now, it is obviously a tinfoil hat theory because... Yeah, for sure. Willingly, who's going to forego a game to put you on the brink in the world series right like yeah for sure why would you possibly lose yeah yeah why would why would you lose a game in the world series but if you look at the numbers look at everything the nats had going into this game i feel like it made sense i feel like it made sense to hold scherzer off in in a must-win situation because you could you can lose that game that is definitely yeah. not a must-win situation. And, I mean, we saw it. The Nats proved it. It wasn't a must-win game, game five. You're right. You're right. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. Just an idea <laughs> I had. Thought I'd float it out there for everybody, and you can think about it. Okay. Time to take hats yeah. off. Okay. Take right. off. Put those away. It's kind of until... sticky. Well, you know, there was some hot sticky. wings in it. Soy sauce, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put them away until I... probably next time. <laughs> Don't Don't judge me, food. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I don't think you're way off base, actually. I'm not sure that I'm convinced you're right, but I don't think you're way off base. And for those of you out there, you know, who may be new to the term scratch, right? You get scratched from the lineup. If you're Mm -hmm. a healthy scratch, it's kind of a socially understood thing that you become. You're removed from from the list on the pretense of injury, even though you're fine, right? Yeah, which is yeah. legal. It's totally legal because it's like a pinch runner. Yeah, yeah. But more because important, think about it, if, if the <laughs> if the Nats though, if the Nats had said we're going to hold off on Scherzer and save him for a game seven, so many people people would have been like, "What if there's not a game seven? You had a chance no. with Scherzer." Instead, they just say, "No, neck spasms," because then you know nah. he's fine. Come game seven, because can't argue with neck spasms. Last like a a day, maybe two tops, right? Yep. Yes. So, typically, typically. I'm, I'm not... familiar with spasms. <laughs> yes. So that's that's a little <laughs> um, little theory I have for you guys, throwing it out there. Let me know what you think, yeah. if maybe I'm on to something, or if I'm crazy. 
So in, was it game six? Or it was game six game of six. the World Series. Yep. Alex Bregman finally broke out of his slump. Uh, yeah, I did. In a big way. Yeah. And carried his bat. He hit a bomb. And then carried his bat all the way to first base. And I don't know what happened with the handoff to the <laughs> first base coach. A terrible handoff. I, think, <laughs> I feel like that was honestly the worst part of the whole thing. <laughs> See, I disagree. I think it was the best part of the whole thing. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Dropping it. And he just drops it. <laughs> and then um, not not long after, Juan Soto hits another bomb for the opposite team. Uh, a bigger bomb. And, Let's just yeah, and, put that out yeah, there. And in turn, carries his bat to first base and intentionally drops it right outside the hands of his first base yeah. coach. <laughs> Clearly making a point. Uh, we saw his youth. We saw his zeal. Um, he's he's clearly paying attention to everything that's happening in the game. Talk about an obscure thing to you know to miss. I think a lot of people missed it, mm-hmm. but he didn't. What do you think, Brad? Do you think? So just a little context for everybody that I think is important. Alex Bregman, it, after the game, one of the very first things he did was apologize, and he, he was yeah. he was almost effusive in his apology, and then Juan Soto was kind of called onto the carpet a little bit by his manager saying, you know, it's not the way we do thing. We do things here. We don't play this way. Uh, and so then he, you know, in turn made recompense. What do you think, Brad? Is this, is this too showy? Is this, are we talking about Yasiel Puig here or is this, uh, <laughs> yeah. is this acceptable behavior? Well, there's a, there's a difference between acceptable behavior and Yasiel Puig because Yasiel Puig <laughs> has shown us he's clearly crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think this is, this is awesome. I saw that. I was like, What's Bregman apologizing for? This is rad. So you're, and this is the thing that I think is going to be funny with this. You're going to see, you're going to see little leaguers doing this next year because you saw, oh, for sure. you saw Bryce Harper when he won the world or didn't win the world series. Sorry. I bite my tongue on that. No, when he won the home run derby, the way yeah. he got, got his, held his bat above his head and then he tossed it. We for saw sure. kids in the little league world series do that. They hit home runs, got their bat above their head and tossed it. Totally. I, I'm living for the moment when in the little little league world series when there's a kid <laughs> hits a bomb and runs down the first base and hands his and just cordially hands his bat to the first base coach. That's yes. going to be a fantastic moment. Yeah, and you're you know, right. Who knows? Somebody one day will up up the ante on this and they will carry their bat all the way around the bases like Pedro Serrano on Major League. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I agree with you. That's funny. I hadn't thought about it, uh, <laughs> translating that far away, you know, into the Little League World Series. But you're absolutely right. Maybe Nick Lorenzo can give us some insight into how that might go. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> we'll is have the to thing ask is, him about that. I've always wondered why he didn't do that in the first place. Or just, like, let the bat boy come out, hand him to the bat, you know, make it a little bit easier on the kid. And just a yeah. little bit of show, you know, just like – because I think that happens on Major League 2, actually. Um What's his name? Parkman. Um, oh, Parkman. Parkman, he hits a home run, is standing there watching it. The bat boy comes out and he hands him his bat. In the box, right? <laughs> yeah, in the box he does it. And I'm just yeah. like, that's so funny. I would love to see that. <laughs> Somebody just like waves over the bat boy and says, here you go, and then goes and yeah. jogs around the bases. You know, granted, he'd Look. probably get hit in the head the next time he got up there. <laughs> it would be I would funny fly to, see. to the ballpark and hit him in the head myself. <laughs> I hate that crap. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it you're, so much. It's so much fun. It's so funny. You're so different from me <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the showmanship side of things because I'm it's like... It's a show. It's entertainment. It should be showmanship. <laughs> I know, on. but they're still competing. It's only entertainment for those of us sitting at home. For those guys, it's life and death, man. It's do or die. It doesn't have to be, though. It's fun. Baseball's I, I fun. I agree with you. I agree with you, but those unwritten rules of baseball, uh, throw them away. You know, we, we're we're going to continue to have them challenged, which I think is great. But I they do to want to provide the dissenting opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think it's okay that they carry their bats to first base or not? Yeah, yeah, do it. I want to see more guys do it. I think it'll be fun. 
It's fun. fun I want to see it catch on like Baby Shark did. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be like a club thing, like only the Nationals do it now. That'd be rad. Something like that. So there was something else that happened in Game 6 that was yeah. a little bit crazy. Um, actually, I feel like this had more out outcry and outroar, or uproar than, uh, than the bat thing did. Oh, for sure. And for good reason, too. Trey Turner was called out at first, so he had like a little swinging bunt and ran straight to first base, and then he uh, ran into to Guriel's glove, and they called him out for obstruction. Now, here's well, the, the ball thing. was thrown behind him. Yes. Yeah, it was basically thrown at his back, at his lower back. Yep. Yes. And yes. Uh, here's the thing, though, is that he was in fair territory when it happened. But the reason he was in fair territory was because the base is in fair territory, right? Every single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The base is a fair ball. If the ball hits the base, it is a fair ball. That is yep. the rule. That has always been the rule. And as of we're sitting here right now, that's always going to be the rule. But <laughs> right. that's a problem because if you're right in a batter, as soon as you step out of the box, you're in fair territory. If yeah. you're taking a straight line to the base, you're in fair territory the whole time. The rule states that if you are in on the fair side of that foul line and you get hit with the ball or you cause any obstruction like Turner did, obstruction you're out. of any kind, any interference in the fair fair play. Yeah, you're out. So ultimately yep. the rule the ruling was correct, right? It was. The call was yeah, correct. Yeah, and let's make that very clear. The call the original call was correct. They reviewed it to make sure they got it right. Well, no, it was they, right. they reviewed it to see if they could review it. That's what that delay was. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, it was like, can we review this? Is this reviewable? No, it's not. It's a it's a judgment call. Well, let's check the book just in case. Okay, we'll check the book. They checked the book for 15 <laughs> minutes, and they decided, no, it's not reviewable. That's That was oh, what was man. going on there. <laughs> Amazing. No. So, yeah, the ruling was correct. However, that's a stupid rule. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the stupidest rule ever. Yeah. I don't know if I can say that definitively. I'd have to read the entire rule book, but it's so stupid. Yeah, it's it's bad. Because, especially as a right-handed batter, if you're taking a straight line, which is what you should be doing because it's the shortest path, you're in fair territory the whole time. The, the, the. the whole time. You're in fair <laughs> territory the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. So I, and I know you know you've got those those two lines on on the uh, the extra line I guess in uh, foul territory on in foul territory in yeah. the first base line, which they consider you know the running lane because if you're in foul territory and you get hit with the ball, it's nothing. It's not your fault as yeah. the runner. Yeah, because right. that's your space to run. In fact, right. Uh, John Smoltz talked about this, and this is actually something that I was taught in high school as a catcher as well. I love this. Tell I can't wait for you to tell them this. If you see if you see the runner running in foul territory or fair territory running to first base and you're you're playing a ball at the line, throw the ball at the runner because then they're out. Yep. I yes. was told I was always told that. And which is and exactly what happened. It. Yeah, yeah. And people are saying, Oh, he's bailed out by a bad throw. It's like, no, he saw he was in fair territory and threw the ball at him. Yeah. It so systems so, are meant to be worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. That's so right. It ended so up if you actually could, being a very good play instead of a bad. Throw. It was a great play. It was a, it's a stupid rule. It was the right call. It was a great play defensively. Yep. yep. Yeah. Now, I think we're all glad to include the manager Dave Martinez mm -hmm. that Randon came up next and hit a two run bomb. Yeah. <laughs> After Martinez no, was, was a, ejected. No, it was a. Um, it was Howie Kendrick who hit that ball down the line, hit the foul pole. No, that was game seven. Was Sorry. it? That was game seven. Sorry. No, I was going to say Rendon came in it and hit a two-run bomb. Yep. You're right. You're right. Getting ahead of myself. And and friggin' Martinez is in the clubhouse trying to literally not have a heart attack. Most people don't know that he set out or he had a, a heart condition in the middle of the season, and the ownership group encourages him actively to sit during games and he just refuses because he's too involved yeah he's supposed to be him. sitting as he manages the games and boy he yeah. got his money's worth when he got run oh man 
That he was, really did. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. But I was also was a little bit worried watch. for his health. No, I was too, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so for those of you who need some clarity, let me just lay this down really simply. The runner is obligated to run in foul territory from home plate to first base. That's why there's a second line running up parallel to the foul line in foul territory between home plate and first base. The base itself is entirely in fair play. Yeah. So the runner has to move from foul territory to fair territory in, in order to make contact with the bag. If the runner, for any reason, interferes with the defense's opportunity to make an out, while they're in fair territory, they're out automatically. Correct. And that was the problem in this game because he ran inside the foul line, technically in fair territory, the, and then the throw was made at his back. He interfered with the d- opportunity to make a defensive play, and he's out no matter what. Yep, that's right. And that, it's that a terrible rule, is, rule. It is what makes it a bad rule is the bases in fair, ter- fair territory. So you're stepping from foul territory into fair territory. Like, like it's not safe for a guy to be running full speed and then basically jabbing his foot out to the side to touch the base. Yeah, I mean, we see enough, and that happens first base all the time. Yeah, guys jam yeah. their knees, roll their ankles. A lot of stuff happens at first base that's not good, and that's it, a rule that needs to be changed. They need to do something. Yeah. I'm not saying they need that full uh, safety base like what um, softball. Uh, yeah, like what they use in softball, and I think it was Schwarber who tweeted yeah. it out. I was but. just going to say Denise Cantu. We have to thank Denise Cantu specifically for uh, for bringing our attention to Kyle Schwarber's tweet. Yeah, about. Uh, he he's incensed. By the way, Kyle Schwarber, uh, outfielder for the Cubs, is very very upset at this rule, just like we are, and uh, tweeted it out immediately, <laughs> and yeah. proposed that maybe Major League Baseball needs to have half of the base orange, so the runner knows where they can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty funny. Yeah, so Thanks, it's Denise. it's a ridiculous rule that. I'm sure we're going to see something to do with it, but it didn't end up having an effect on the game because, like we said, Rendon came up and hit a two-run, two-run shot. So, yep, and it didn't end up really affecting the game. But it could have. It, it very well could have. Yep, exactly. And, and that's the problem with a bad rule is if it's, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing: all the media buzz about this potential call swaying the game, potentially the series, swallowing up Nationals' hopes, I think is legit. I think that this call, like without the two-run homer immediately following, Mm -hmm. this could have legitimately ended the season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, think of the course that it could have on history, too, if the Nats in the World Series. So that's... it's it's interesting to think about the things that that could happen there because, you know, there could be guys from the Nats who decide they don't want to come back because they didn't world win the World Series, or, you know, now, what do the Astros do with guys because they didn't win the World Series? I don't know. You know, it, it could change the path yeah. of of Major League history, and it's it's so, you know, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, but I don't know. I feel like small things happen because your team wins wins or doesn't world win the World Series, and it kind of has that butterfly effect. I totally agree. So, so, okay. Speaking of the future, all right. Well, hold, on, hold on, before you do that, let's go into okay. games. I want to talk about Game Seven real quick. Okay, cool. So, oh yeah, Granky, I see. I see what you're saying. So we had Granky pitch uh, for the Astros in Game Seven, and yeah. then he was pulled after that Rendon home run, that solo shot by yep. by Rendon. Um, I was honestly expecting them to bring in Cole. Now. Well, you and everybody else. Yeah. Well, and so first, AJ Hinch is getting killed for pulling Cranky in the first place. I think that was the right call. He was getting to the third time through the order, which they say is not good, right? For everybody but Cole. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Pretty much everybody but Cole. It's not good. Because Cole gets better the third time he sees somebody. Yeah. And and Cranky wasn't striking guys out, they were hitting him. They just weren't Mm -hmm. making solid contact. Right. That third time through the order, they're obviously starting to make solid contact. So 
I think they pulled Granky at the right time. Honestly, I agree. Um, I thought I thought that was the right call um, because we've seen what happens if you leave guys in too long; it doesn't end well. Um, but I don't think it was the right move to bring in Cole. And he said that he wanted to bring him in in a clean inning. It's like, no, this is the World Series, and he's the best pitcher in baseball this year. Why would you try to get some kind of circumstance that you don't think that you might not get? Not yeah. just listen. It's not just the World Series. It's Game Seven. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was like everything quadruples in importance. <laughs> yeah, when he and he told Hinch that he was good to go for three innings that night. Oh so my I, gosh! So I, I don't know why he wouldn't be like, okay, yeah, we'll get three innings, whether it's a third of an inning here and then two and two thirds here, or whatever. You know, like we're gonna yeah. get three three good innings out of our best pitcher, and that doesn't make any sense. Well, and then he didn't bring him in later because he said he wanted to bring him in with a lead. That's it's like, okay, you don't have a lead. You're probably not going to get a lead unless you bring him in and you have, you're able to keep that deficit to what one run at that point. It was three to two. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to bring him in and pitch him just so you can keep it close because that game keep got out close. of hand and it got out of hand quick. And then it yeah. was just like, it's over at that point. Yeah, totally. So I mean, no, I, I know it's easy. I agree. I know it's easy to second guess at this point. You know, we're a few days removed, and even after the game, it was, second, it was easy to second guess. But I don't understand that move of not bringing in Cole. You've got to, especially since he's not going to be back next year. You're pretty sure of that. Not going to be pretty back sure. as a free agent. So why not? Why not throw him? Well, and why not ensure that you stand the best chance of bringing him back next year by winning a world championship? Well, and gaining his trust because you could tell he was not happy that he didn't pitch. No, not happy of at course all. he showed up in the press conference wearing a Scott Boras hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, saying he was no longer an employee of the Astros at that point. Yeah, right. So for those of you that don't know, if you're so, you know, if you're new to baseball or whatever, Scott Boras is he owns a doesn't he? He owns a company, right? He's a he's a manager. He's been a well, he's uh, he's an, an agent. agent. I mean, yeah. sorry, he's been an agent for a really and long time. He owns time. his agency. And he owns his agency, yeah. He owns his agency now, and he's he's managed the big guys, all of them. Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez. Um, if you're a top tier player, he, he's your he's your agent. He's your guy, no matter what. Yeah, he, he's been so, Steven Strasburg's agent since day one. Uh, Bryce Harper's yeah, exactly. agent since day one. Yeah, he's been with Mike those Trout. Guys is Mike Trout with Scott Boras? Um, I don't know. Go ahead and filibuster it. I'll check. Okay, so. What I'm saying is, I just want to say that I like saying, and this drink I have is really good when we say about things that we say. <laughs> How about this? Today's podcast, <laughs> instead of being brought to you by Bang Energy, is brought to you by <laughs> dihydrogen monoxide. Don't believe that. <laughs> it's just water. <laughs> and also Dayquil. Yeah, uh, Dayquil. So, <laughs> Trout is not represented by Boris. That's interesting. Craig Landis. Who is that? I'm not sure. Let's find out. You know what the answer to that question is? Not Scott Boras. That's pretty much, yeah. And that settles the answer right there, too. Because, look, in the last, like, 20 years, the only agent we know the name of, the only one, is Scott. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, That's he, it. He's the one who makes himself known. He shows up every year at the winter meetings with binders presenting to, oh, yeah. to teams why this is why you should sign my player and this is why you should sign him for this much. Yep. Well, and his players wear his hat in post-World Series playoffs or post-World Series press conferences. Apparently. I've never seen that before, but that was awesome. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Talk um, about brand loyalty, right? That was either That's either brand loyalty or that is a serious middle finger. I don't know. Probably both. So, um, obviously, Cole did not pitch Game 7 of the World Series. It makes no sense to anybody. And there's a lot of bad blood at this point. Do you think, okay, we all know Cole will not be in in Houston next year. Right. Where do you think he'll end up? Um, you know, there's a lot of talk this week. Though. A lot of the talk is that he's going to go to the Angels. However, I did see a report today where he said, I never, because well, he went to UCLA. A lot of people think that he's going to want to go back to the West Coast. Um, yeah. But he he simply came out and said, "I never said that." So whoever is willing to pony up the most money 
is where his agent will let him sign. To- well, and that's what Scott Boras does. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. He gets his guys how, the most money. And, yeah. And I feel like he won't let them sign until that is the absolute most money. Because the reason Bryce Harper didn't sign forever last year was because Boris was waiting to to field offers from other teams. Uh, totally. he's, he's waiting for somebody to beat the offer from the Phillies. They got the they got the offer from the Phillies in like November or December. It was late. Yep. It, well, it was it was super early. It was super early. They got. The oh, offer. that's right. There it was, was super early. There was somebody who said in December it's a done deal. Bryce Harper to the Phillies, and then we waited. We waited. We waited. We waited. We yeah, waited in right. spring training. Spring spring training, and then finally it happened because Boris is waiting for some other team to come out and say, "Oh yeah, we'll give him one dollar more." Yeah. You know, so that's I that's what it's gonna that. be. That's, that's right. what it's gonna be because he's because he's represented by, by Boris. And uh you know, the Phillies said last year that they were planning on being on borderline or irresponsible with their spending in the off season. And they kinda were signing Bryce Harper to that deal. Um uh, but they totally I think that they had some money set aside to possibly sign Trout this year and that's not yeah. gonna happen because he extended with the Angels. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them throw a whole bunch of money at Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. Yep. So we could see one of those guys wearing a Phillies uniform next year. Totally. And Anthony Rendon is available. So yes, he is. He's also, you know, I mean, that could happen too. And if that happens, it'd be the only thing standing in their way, in Philly's way, is uh, co- unit cohesion, you know, like clubhouse stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Honestly, because they have all the talent in the world at that point. But mm-hmm. – so I think that, um, yeah, I think Philadelphia stands a good chance. Mm-hmm. I think the Yankees uh, stand a really good chance of if signing Cole. To, if they're willing to pony up the pennies. Um, yeah. Because it seems like Cashman has not been willing to do that lately. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. He's really into the homegrown thing the last few years, he which really I is. really appreciate and I love, and it's working out. It well, really is. it makes is. me like the Yankees more, I'll be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's I breaking he, up the tradition of the paid for athlete. Well, the paid for, paid for World championships. Series championship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he's going to have to get one of those pitchers. He's going to have to either get Cole or Strasburg if they're going to compete next year. Yeah. Have to. So, have to. Okay. I think, and you brought this up earlier. We were talking about it. You brought up culture and, you know, what, okay. So let's talk about this. Do you think, Garrett Cole's personality is better suited in New York or Philadelphia or mm. Los Angeles or Anaheim or, you know, what do you think? I think Garrett Cole just wants to go out there and dominate anywhere he can. I don't think he really cares where he plays. Honestly, mm. I think for him it comes down to, am I going to get paid? Am I going to get to win? Am I going to get wins? Yeah. Because seeing how mad he was coming out of the bullpen after game seven, the dude wants to win. He cares. But he also so, wants to get sure. paid, obviously, because Scott Boris is his agent. Yeah. So um, I think, honestly, Philly's the best spot for him. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know how he would handle that New York media. He may be one of those guys who's like, no, I don't want to touch down a 10-foot pole, and that's why Philly would be a good place for him. However, he has to deal with the fans and totally. not the media. So, right, right, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, somebody who hasn't lost since – what mm, his, he was his four. last loss was what in it's pretty much <laughs> yeah it was like may maybe maybe he lost yeah. his spring training start i don't remember um yeah it's it's been like 11 was, or 12 something years it was a long time yeah yeah <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry so much about winning because he just goes up there and strikes everybody out so. yeah I totally agree with you what about strasburg so i think cole could fit in new york i think his his head down approach is is kind of nice, but it's he's he's got his head down because he thinks he's better than everybody else. Strasburg has his head down because he's a humble guy. Yeah, yeah, and he just doesn't care about the high the little limelight, and he doesn't want to be in the center of anything really. And now he's the World Series MVP, so we know he's going to pull big numbers coming out of this off season. I doubt he'll end up in Houston, in the, or excuse me, I doubt he'll end up in the Washington. Yeah. I don't so, w- what do you, where do you think his personality fits in? I think honestly, he fits in with the Angels because he is so laid back. 
and I I feel like he would do well with a manager like Madden. Um, yeah. I I could see him fitting in well there, and they're gonna be looking. They're gonna be shopping for an ace this off season. Have to. Yeah, because Madden's not a guy who's gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, we're playing for the five year plan. No, he's <laughs> no. a let's put our team together now, and we will contend ASAP. Right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, I uh, I uh, I could see him fitting well in Anaheim, just because, like I said, he's laid back. Because um, and also he went to San Diego State, where he went to college. Mm-hmm. He went to college in Southern California. Um, I don't see him wanting to be in New York, unless they just totally blow out any historic number to pay him. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I can't say no to that." I don't see him in New York either, honestly. Then they make him shave, so that's true. They sad. would make him shave, and I wonder if he's one of those guys, kind of like me, who likes to hide behind his beard. Yep, um, just quieter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised, quite honestly, if he got a new deal from the Nats. Uh, no, I can just, see that. You no, know, I won yeah. a World Series here. I'm comfortable here. Um, let's just rework the deal and we'll be good to go. Cause he's going to opt out of four years, hundred million dollars. His agent is going to make mm. him opt out of that. Totally. Especially right now where his value has never been higher. No. Yeah, for sure. So one last thing before we get into the revelation about who won the bracket challenge, let's talk about a couple of rules that will absolutely be in place in 2020. So this news was released this week. And I'm just going to read them word for word. The standard roster size in regular season games and postseason games will increase from 25 to 26 players. Beginning September 1, roster size will expand further to a 28-player maximum, which is a cut from a 40-player roster, right? 40-man roster. No longer. Now it's 28. A maximum number of pitchers will be designated by the joint committee. It has been reported that the league has proposed no more than half a team's players can be pitchers. Oh. Eh, you like that? I like that a lot, actually. That's great. I like that a lot, too. Yeah. Did you like how those... I reworked that? Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> but deepen okay, those here's benches a little bit. That's good. What's that? Make those benches a little bit deeper. Yeah, I like that going to be interesting it's going to put a lot of pressure on pitchers though and just wait till you get to the next bullet which is a pitcher must face at least three batters Uh, per appearance unless he is removed due to injury or the half inning in which he is pitching ends prior to three batters having come to the plate mm, thoughts problematic yeah it's going to disrupt everything but what do you think yeah i mean it's going to help pace of play which is really what this is all about um, yeah. but man, that it's a new, new kind of strategy. I'll tell you that it's going to force pitchers to improve. But if you're like the Astros where you didn't have a single left-hander on your roster. Yeah. Left-handed pitcher. Then I guess that doesn't really matter. So maybe that's, that's the new age of baseball. I don't know. It's going to change things and it's going to be interesting. I think that, uh, let me read this third bullet point. This is the third rule that has definitely been approved and will absolutely be in effect in 2020. Position players are only eligible to pitch in extra innings or when a team is leading or trailing by seven or more runs. Certain position players may be designated as, quote, two-way players. But to be eligible, they will need to have accrued at least 20 innings pitched and started 20 games as a position player or a designated hitter in the current season or the preceding season, including at least three trips to the plate in each of those lineup appearances. That's convoluted. Um, it's incredibly convoluted. It makes sense, though. I like that because then you can't just be like, yeah, Rudiger, come off the bench. <laughs> Rule inverter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Boozer. <laughs> Rosenbagger. <laughs> Rosenbagger. Yeah, you can't just pull him off the bench and be like, go pitch. You're not doing anything, you know? Yeah. Get Rizzo in here. Yeah. Well, and I do like, too, <laughs> that you have to, uh, the, it, what, it's seven run differential or extra innings, right? Yeah. 
uh, no, no, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Extra I, innings or a seven-run differential. Yeah, I like that. That's the way that that should be. You shouldn't just be yeah, throwing agree. a guy throwing a guy out there and risking his arm and his safety yep. because you want to save your bullpen for the for the next night. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Yeah, but that's a, that's I do rule. take issue. I do take some issue with the uh, 20 innings pitched and 20 games starting as a position player or DH in the current or preceding season. I think that's a little steep. I think if you've got a guy who's got a capable arm and you get into extra innings, you don't need to have had him prove his metal, right? And 20, 20 innings is a lot, especially for a relief pitcher. Yeah. So, uh, and these guys are going to come in in relief, right? They're not going to start. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Well, unless you're I don't know, Otani, because Otani's a starter for now. Yeah, that's true. For now. Anyway, I just think that if you're going to pull Rizzo off first base to have him take the mound, mm-hmm. right, it's going to be in relief. He's not going to start the game. Right, right. But, I mean, you're, you're also not going to do it unless you're getting blown out. You are blowing somebody out, or it's an extra innings. Yeah, totally. So that, I feel like but that's why do you have to? why do you have to also, they will need to have accrued because in order to be eligible, Rizzo would have to have 20 innings pitched in either the current or the previous season and an additional 20 games as a position player or a designated hitter. That's too much, I think. 20 innings? 20 innings is a lot for a reliever. I mean, yeah, got, that's, a, so, that's like 20 appearances. That's incredible. So, so um, Rizzo, I'm making fun of it because he likes to just pitch for fun. Um, and when it, the game is blown out, he wants to step onto the mound. But you got guys who can do it and, and are legitimate threats, right? And you're going to make sure that they have at least 20. So that means the manager has to has to bank in somehow 20 innings for his obscure position player that he knows if they're in the 15th inning or the 14th inning, which does happen, he's got to be able to bring that guy in. But he can't unless he's already worked in 20 appearances. So I think we should be expecting some different baseball next season. And there's a lot going on right now. It's very exciting. But, you know, a lot of people I heard. So on the Facebook group, Brett Moore brought up some good points. Okay. He says moving from 28, from 40 to 28 on the bench is nuts. And I agree, right? I agree. That's just the active roster. So you've got... With the forty-man roster, you've got fifteen guys who you can bring up any time from yeah. the minor leagues, right? Yeah. But then that roster did expand to forty in September, and that was either that was typically teams who were not in the race. Because I heard uh, from someone who was involved in the situation um, in two thousand one when the Mariners won one hundred sixteen games, they didn't call anybody up; they stuck with the twenty-five yeah. man roster they had the entire season. Yeah. So, really, all you're doing is you're. So you're expanding the regular roster to 26, right? The active roster. Yep. And yeah. Then you've got, 25 and, goes to 26. And then, and then you're cutting from 40 to 28. The problem yep. that you have with that is with injuries, you've got more minor leaguers who are not on that active on that available 28 man roster that you're going to see coming up, and it, it's going to get a little, little hairy, right? Yeah. As far I agree. as how those guys get paid and stuff, because if you're on the 40 man roster, you're getting your big league salary. If you're not on the 40-man roster, you're getting a minor league salary. so Which is significantly lower. Yes. Yes, it is. So you're, there's going to be some issue there with as far as how they're going to pay those guys on the on those minor league contracts, those other 12 guys, right? And what no we're going to see... On the 40-man roster. We're going to see a lot more movement with trades and stuff at that level as well because Yankees, this season, pr- prime example, they kept a lot of guys in there who we saw time and time again as we did the next man up thing all season and you know those guys should have been traded out right in any other any other organization they'd have moved they would got traded or they'd have whatever and they still haven't moved those guys because they believe in the system and they're you know the pay is still good and all that's good they're on the 40 man roster but now it's not going to be that way yeah so brett moore i gotta quote what he says again because i think he makes some great points he's he's talking about the, you know the value of seeing what a guy is worth at the major league level because you have the ability to bring him up and down right yeah and and testing their metal and that's going to cripple that right here 
for sure. And I, I yeah. hate that. It's going to it's going to cripple prospects careers is what Brett says. And I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, I, I hate it. I hate that. It, Brett says Brett Moore says, give me thirty five. Now, OK, so you want to make a deal. You want to bring it down. OK, bring it down. But why you got to bring it all cut kind of in half? Yeah. So here, here's the it. thing. Here's the thing. So the collective bargaining agreement expires, I believe, 2021. Yeah, 2021. This is going to come up. Oh, for sure. This is going to come up. It's not going to stay 28 for very long. I'll think. bring it up. I'll drive out there and bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to come up, and it's not going to be 28 for more than a couple of years. Yeah. It's going to go back up to probably, like you said, probably 35. I don't yeah. think it'll go back up to 40, but I think we'll see 35. And maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're cutting it down to 28 in order to hedge. Maybe their ultimate goal is 35, 34, something like that. Yeah, could be. And they're cutting it to 28 while they still have absolute cosmic power. Yeah. Yeah, it could be it. And then they end up yeah. collectively bargaining it, and and then it stays at 35 for however long until the next one expires. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting. A lot of interesting rules. I don't like the three, the three pitches one or the three batters one. Um, yeah, that's that's a strange one to me, but whatever. Pace of play, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one yet. I'm still done. I'm not. An, I'm not done analyzing my opinion. Yeah. I like the pace of play thing, but at the same time, I like uh, the strategy involved. A guy like Joe Madden. It's going to cripple his strategy, right? His long-time strategy of moving guys in and out and in and out and in and out. It's like a revolving yeah. door on that mound. It's going to be very different. Well, and and, but it's going to improve game. pitching. It's going to make pitching better. Yeah, I think it will. Um, I, Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it'll make pitching better. Well, and like you said with Madden's strategy, because he's, he's been one who is like, uh, I want you to pitch to out of the next four batters, uh, one, two, and four. So I'm going to bring in a batter for number three and put you out in left field. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to announce the winner of our bracket challenge. Welcome back, baseball family. We want to announce the winner of this year's playoff bracket challenge. But before we do that, let's explain it for anyone who might be a new listener from the time that we announced it. So, what we did was, when we did episode 7.5, way back a number of episodes ago, we uh, we talked about hats because we wanted to announce this contest. So what the contest was is a bracket challenge, like Briggs said, where we had you go through and say the number of games you thought that a team was going to win, they were going to lose, and and however far they advanced. And then you would pick the World Series winner. And I'll be honest right now, nobody picked the World Series winner. Nobody. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so Not even us. <laughs> not even us. Uh, so So there's that. Um, because of the randomness of the playoffs, everybody was in it the whole way, pretty much. Um, so it's, it was a lot of fun to look at us. Fox reported that there were only 400 ballots active during game seven of the world series, as far as Vegas was concerned too. So that was interesting. Yes. So what we did is we had this bracket challenge and the winner will be getting a free perfect hat. Okay. Oh yeah. Back to you, Brig. <laughs> Listen, I wore my perfect hat all day today. It's the most comfortable hat in the world. It is. I love it. Need I say it's perfect? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Because <laughs> it is. Comes in a variety of colors, and the winner of tonight's, uh, today's broadcast announcement thing that we're going to do right now when we tell you about it, they're going to go on the website and be able to pick whatever color combination they want, and we will send them one for free. So, drum roll, please. The winner of the 2019 bracket challenge for the Major League Baseball playoffs is. Let him know, Brad. It's Quinn Green. Quinner, Quinner, chicken dinner. Hey, Quinner, Quinner. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, Quinn. Quinn. We're very happy for you. We know you are going to love this hat and the freeness, the freeness of it the will be the best thereof. part for you. <laughs> it'd be fantastic enjoy it we will email everyone who participated in this year's bracket challenge and let you know what discounts you have earned as well 
we have gone ahead and added up all the points for the wins and losses predicted by every participant in this year's contest. And every one of you is going to earn a discount to the 9 Plus Us shop, which is at shop.9plusus.com. And don't forget, you can also stop by baseballtogether.com and you can listen to the podcast there. Um, you can read about baseball. Some of our thoughts about the World Series are going to go up here pretty soon. And you can also read about some of the stuff that we talk about as far as um, some of the podcast content. And we're going to be talking about some stuff that goes on this this offseason because there's going to be some interesting dominoes to fall um, coming up here in the next couple months or so. So stop by BaseballTogether.com and check that out. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Tell your friends about us. And baseball family, we will catch you next week.